Hello, and welcome to Your Killer Life, where together we tackle the reality of surviving a killer diagnosis like cancer, and I help guide you through creating your killer life. I am your host, Tammy Grable Woodford, and in this podcast, we aren't leaving anything out as my guests and I share deeply personal insights and experiences as we talk about trauma, loss, treatment options, caregiving, side effects, money. Hey, we open it all up. In fact, we are even going into the forbidden zone to talk about sex, relationships, and mental health. Remember, the conversations you hear on the show are based on unique experiences and varying diagnoses, and we all had our own medical teams. We are not giving medical advice. So if you hear something inspiring, please talk with your providers. All right, are you ready? I know I am. So let's get busy and start building your killer life. Hello and welcome to Your Killer Life. I am your host, Tammy Grable Woodford, and I am so excited to be with you here. So excited to have you here with us, actually. This is, um, gosh, our second episode together with my amazing co-host, Griff Woodford. So, Hi, everyone again. <laughs> welcome back, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. So we are looking uh, forward to talking today about stress management. So those of you out there who have been diagnosed with cancer, even if you haven't been diagnosed with cancer, there's enough stress in the world that this is this is a podcast that this yep. episode is pretty relevant all across the board. I would say universal. So the, the <laughs> last podcast we did together, uh, if you guys managed to catch that, was um, being successful in trauma. Trauma being, of course, one of those things that no one gets out of, well, the number two to that would be stress. So again, doesn't matter your lifestyle, how affluent you are, you are always going to experience it. There's no getting out of that. So rather than trying to get out of it, trying to run from stress, learning some uh, some methods and some imperatives and making that stress more manageable and a lot less impactful. So that's why I'm here today. Awesome. I love it. You know, when I, there's <laughs> so much uh, to the, to the story of stress, at least in my life. I mean, one of the things that I've known for a long time is that I have actually had adrenal fatigue because I was always burning yeah. the candle at both ends. And interestingly enough, that could, could, could have contributed. There could be a correlation yeah. to, to the breast cancer with that stress and, and not mitigating it. And I thought I was managing my stress because I was getting up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning and running five miles on the treadmill. On the days I didn't do that, I was doing P90X plus ab ripper. So I was working out 90 plus minutes. And so I thought that that was how I was managing my stress. When I made life changes, big life changes, and I remember leaving the job and all the chaos, and and I forget what the scenario was, but I was standing in the kitchen and I looked at you and I said, oh my gosh, I used to feel like this all the time. And I could actually right. feel yeah. that stress yeah. in my body. And that had been my normal for so long. Frankly, what I thought was coping was not even really hiding it. It was giving me adequate fatigue and it was giving me endorphins. Right. But it was not actually managing stress. So let me ask you a question. How does stress management 
pertain not just to the individual, but to the team, to the unit? Well, you know, that's, um, well, one of the main reasons why I am here. Each one of us, we we all kind of have our own means and, and methodologies for handling our individual stress. Yeah, you know, this isn't so much a, a talk about how just you can manage that stress maybe more healthily. I mean, we, there there will be some dialogue about that, but uh, in particular, it's about managing stress as a unit. One of the main themes in this podcast is cancer diagnosis. So we have obviously we have a lot of cancer cancer survivors, people who are currently going through medical interventions for cancer caregivers. Exactly right, right. So. The uh, the imperatives on managing stress as a unit, in many cases, and again, in particular, that we are social creatures. We are we are meant to be with others, with another, uh, with a group. We we are we are tribe oriented. So the fact that we relatively know how to manage our own stress does not mean that we know how to manage stress together. And if we look at the um, gosh, just the divorce rates for husband and wife or, or just spouses in general who there's a cancer diagnosis in that or in, you know pick your poison as far as stress you know that life-altering stress life-altering trauma and the the stress that's caused from that that is one of the key and critical factors of losing a, a very important relationship and losing a very important person in your life so the importance of stress management as a unit often does take precedence over stress management as the individual. And here's the cool thing. If we really get a good handle on that unit stress management, it dramatically reduces our own individual stress. So Again, true. being social creatures, we a, a lot of our, our emotions, our, our attitude is gleaned from others around us. If we are able to create a, I won't say peaceful, but a calm mood or outlook between the people who are important with us that dramatically reduces our own stress. So in those terms, it's pretty obvious that the individual in this case will typically take less precedence over the unit. So I love that. And that is such an interesting way to frame it. Because I think oftentimes when we think about stress, we really, we think about mitigating stress just, just for ourselves. Right. We think about our reaction to stress as something that is ours, but the the wave or shockwave sometimes of that stress and how it, it reverberates throughout the unit is not something to dismiss. And it is something that is... Um, I would argue healthier to at least it has been for me, you know, to have that safety of the unit to be able to have the expression and I don't know, the ability to to just use use your words and and have that stress and Exactly. Exactly, which that is a perfect intro into the number one stress management tool or technique, whatever you'd like to call that, when we we consider unit stress management. And that is number one, communication. Mm -hmm. Communicating. Particularly in time of crisis and, uh, you know, for you and me, honey, the, the cancer diagnosis, you know, you are you know, for at least three years, you were always the, the focus of attention. You know, not just for, uh, it us as a small unit, but 
caregivers, family, you know, you're the one going through it. So you are the focus. Being able to communicate openly, but more importantly, effectively. And be, I guess being able to glean the, the the critical points of that communication, that is what I, I would say, at least on my end, above anything else is what helped manage and mitigate but well, both of our stress. Communicating without expectation or without assumption is probably a better way of saying that. In relationship, we often have our, our assumptions based on familiarity. We assume that the other person should know X or should act accordingly based on Y. That is certainly not how that works, particularly in, in time of stress and time of crisis. Having the ability to approach from a, I won't say non-emotional, but an emotionally aware point of view. And again, not assuming, don't, don't assume that something is, is known or is going to be acted on. I, I love yeah. what you said about emotionally aware. And I was going to add to that the, you know, without fear of retribution. And so that is another, you know, a lot of times there's always the joke, right? Especially with women that whatever you say is uh, a, this call is being recorded for training purposes and it may or may not be used against you later. All right. So we'll just toss out that that's general stereotype, but having the safety in that space to be able to emote or because I will be I will be very vulnerable and say that, you know, when you and I first met, it was so hard for me to use my words. You know, my default setting was to just run. It was to just get out, to just check out, to just create space and cocoon my way in. And so you worked very hard in creating that safe space and giving me the opportunity. At first, it really started with, I can't, I can't, I cannot talk about this right now because I don't know how to explain what I'm feeling. Right. And then the next day being able to come back and say, okay, I think this is where I'm at and why. And trust that it wasn't going to be something that was thrown in my face in an argument over, you know, something petty a, a few months later or whatever. Right. And I think that is so critical and so hard because when you start talking emotions, we have left the land of logic. Right. So. <laughs> right. You know, and that's a, a really important aspect of, of communication is learning each other's communication format. As just as you said, you know, you're excuse me, your default was to A, shut down, B, run, or just a little bit later on, just not be able to understand what it is that I, I need to express, speaking right. in, in your terms. I was the exact opposite, is we're going to confront an issue now, head on, because, you know, my my past uh, experiences were, if I didn't do that, it would come back to bite me with the person that I was with. You know, the, just what you said, that that festering type thing, letting something go uh, unaddressed and it would just create an infection and would catastrophically explode at a Walmart or some nonsense, right? So 
that was that was a, a significant hurdle for us actually yeah, it and was. it's still something that we both yeah. have to be yeah. very mindful of is understanding how we, how we communicate in our own sense as an individual but how we have to potentially modify that or find a balance for that when we're communicating with each other with the emotional context you know what you said you know abandon logic we're an emotion now (laughs) that that is well that certainly has truth to it but that also comes well it it comes with safety as well safety and trust like you just said if we're in a place that we we don't trust, we don't feel safe, then we are going to be ruled by emotion. We are going to be ruled by fight or flight. We are going to not have the ability to, I won't say detach, but look from an outside perspective, is this really directed at me? Right. You know, and that's where that is, again, back to the assumption issue is uh, assuming that 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 bad tone is directed at something that I did, assuming that because I get home and you're upset about something that I automatically did something wrong. Right. You know, I mean, that that's how fights start. Right. And yeah. we've had a couple of really <laughs> big ones start just Especially like Especially in the beginning. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. You know, and add into that, too, uh, going through cancer treatments, right? Like trying to temper the prescription drugs and the darkness that comes with some of them. I mean, for those of you that haven't been through it or are going through it as a caregiver, I mean, I've just got to tell you, in addition to all of the overwhelm and panic and truly day-to-day fight for your life, that is the mode you're in, Mm -hmm. Now throw in some narcotics, throw in after effects of surgery and getting all of that stuff out of your body from the general anesthesia to the antibiotics to whatever, muscle relaxers, all of that stuff. And so to have really good, meaningful dialogue, I would say really requires some some extra love and patience on the caregiver side. And I'm not excusing at all my behavior. But I will frankly say that, you know, in some of those moments where we had some of our biggest uh, sort of blowouts, I was, I was present, but not fully there. Right. Right. Which is the second point uh, is precisely the second point of communication, uh, appropriate communication in relation to stress management, being able to, to formulate or create a a peaceful environment where we can use that relationship as our our stress management tool in and of itself. So leading into that, it is, in a sense, time management. To be more specific, it means don't try and necessarily solve something right now. You know, there is always time. And uh, based on my prior career as an old adage, adage excuse me, in um, pertain to gunfights that's the one who takes his time in a hurry wins right so not allowing yourself to rush to decisions rush to emotional response right allowing things to with with help work them out on with within their own time frame you know and in, in your case in particular is you know some aspects it it took weeks yeah you know, even just for some of the, some of the medication to wear yeah. off to where you, you could communicate what you were actually trying to say. Right. You know, not saying that you couldn't communicate effectively, just what was coming out was not exactly what was supposed to come out, perhaps. Or 
you know, there's so much noise and so much confusion and being able to articulate it in a way that can be understood it, it can be a challenge, you know, to, you can communicate emotionally. You can say, you know, I, I am really dropping the F-bomb the whole bit. I'm unhappy. I'm insecure. I'll bring up a really random and it could seem irrational and it's really not. And it wasn't really a fight, but it was you having to sort of, <laughs> I don't know, navigate around and that's bra shopping. Oh, yeah. So to look at where I was mentally, where I'm trying to find a bra, I don't have real breasts. I'm in the midst of reconstruction. I have requirements on what it can be. My body image, my self-image, my confidence, my femininity, so much was annihilated. And bathing suit shopping and bra shopping were two things that would just wreck me in the worst ways. And I struggled to find the words for why it was so stressful and so painful and and just so terrible, such a terrible experience. I completely remember that. And you know, from my perspective on that is honestly a complete lack of understanding. In that period of time, based on my, well, my realities, right? You know, right. where I perceived my roles to be, what what I understood the situation as, it just didn't make any sense. I could, I, I could not understand why this was such a catastrophe every time that this would, this would have to, you know, we, we'd go bra shopping or swimsuit shopping. So as an example, my first reaction is take that personally. Obviously not the appropriate reaction, but, you know, being at that time in particular, the the caregiver, the provider of care, you know, I'm responsible for not just your physical healing and safety, but also your emotional healing and safety and not understanding why this was the way the wheels were falling off uh, put me on the defensive. You know, it was really interesting as as you're speaking, I'm remembering something you said to me many, many times. And it was that you felt like a failure that I didn't feel beautiful because you felt like you weren't doing your job in reinforcing the that that you still found me to be all of those things that yeah. I thought I was lacking. Absolutely. And so there's two perspectives that are so different because right. who who I was can you know, currently post post-op versus who I was prior to having the bilateral mastectomies. Mm -hmm. And and you so many times also said to me, baby, if we were to reverse roles, would you be speaking to me the way that you're speaking to yourself? Would you feel exactly. about me the way that you feel about yourself? But that's, exactly. that's that whole uh, emotional train ride. <laughs> you get right. on that train and <laughs> logic right. kind of evades you. Mm -hmm. I remember all of that very, very well, <laughs> which, again, is, is further proof of that component that not everything is going to be solved at once. Mm -mm. How you get there is through understanding, trying your best to understand and not necessarily trying to solve the problem all at one time yeah. is listening, just listening. Yeah, there's um, the last bullet point that I have written, written down is uh, not to react, but to respond. 
you know, when we say reaction that, you know, in your mind that conjures up, well, emotional reaction, um, like being startled, reacting to a loud noise or something like that. A response is a thoughtful, attentive, and careful action based on a stimulus. The other thing that you did that was amazing, and I had never had anyone in my life do this for me. And this is that, you know, you you can argue communication styles, masculine, feminine, we all have both energies, so whatever. But one of the things that you did for me, which was so critically important, is you would ask, do you want me to listen or would you like my input? Right. And you were so polite and respectful in how you did that. And that allowed me the freedom to let you know what I needed. And if I really, truly just needed to emote, right. then I had a safe space to do it. You didn't take it personal. You knew I just needed to, to get rid of the swell of emotions that, mm-hmm. that were overriding my logical self at that point in time. And for any uh, any guys listening to this, that is um, that's very difficult to do. And, and you know this just as well as anybody else is, you know, we are programmed as the caregivers typically. I mean that in that husband wife context, you know, we we fix stuff. That's biologically and physically that that's our role. Approaching every conversation or every problem with the assumption that something has to be fixed. Effectively, what what you are telling your spouse is that he or she is not capable of doing that by themselves. So, rather than taking on a responsibility that first off is likely not yours, simply ask, would you like me to just listen to you, or do you want my opinion on the matter? That is where most of the successful communication and most of most of the successful conversations and resolutions to conflict where those have began is that simple sentence directed at well in my case you (laughs) but but at your spouse your significant (laughs) other other is exactly that and it also gave me the freedom and power to start conversations that way Meaning that now I knew how to ask, right? Like we had created this safe space. So I was able to say, honey, I need to talk about something and I really just need to talk. I don't need it solved, Mm -hmm. you know? And that created, I think, just such a wonderful, thank you for that, because that created such a wonderful space for me as I went through my healing. Well, yeah, you're welcome. And, you know, the same same thing applies directly to you is by... By just asking that simple question or beginning a conversation or a problem with that, I mean, that that tells us what a responsibility is. You know, in my case, and I would assume most other cases, is if we know all we have to do is listen, A, it's, it's a load off of us. It's a load off the other person. Yeah. And it also, I would say, sharpens us. It certainly does sharpen me. Where if my only responsibility is listen, I don't have to think about the four or five ways to potentially solve a problem. That means that if if you do ask what I think about this or ask my input, is I I'm a lot better prepared to answer something like that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. 
And there are many different ways. I mean, we obviously are not tackling all the different ways that you can manage stress. Uh, So we'll probably, I don't know, this could even be a whole series, but, you know, really talking about unit communication, team communication, being on the same page, allowing space, understanding each other's pasts and dysfunctions because we, (laughs) none of us is without it. (laughs) If you are, let us know in the comments because we'd like to meet you. But, you know, we all have some element of it. And then you have your entire history of of patterns that and habits that you bring into a relationship. And of course, ours was compounded because you were that crazy guy that stepped in post-divorce from the other husband. Right. And you were like, yeah, I can, this is, this might, this (laughs) is my thing. I got this crazy thing. (laughs) And so we had all of that compounded with this, this feeling. So all of our fight or flight just from what would be a normal fight or flight argument or disagreement compounded with the fight or flight from life and death and everything that's going on. That's right. That's right. So I don't feel like I articulated that part very well. No, I got what you were saying. (laughs) I hope they got it. Yeah. Well, let us know in the comments (laughs) if you understood what what we're talking about. (laughs) There we go. So, all right. Did you want to add anything else before we wrap it up? Well, um, just to, I would say go over the, the three main criteria, the, be, the beginnings of stress management, learning how to manage and mitigate stress together is learning how to communicate appropriately with each other, to not assume, mm. to respond, not to react. That would be the the starting place. Those are, those are very solid tools and the tools that I personally default to more than any any other is exactly that so thank you for having me yeah <laughs> i love having you on here this is great so i hope you all will continue to join us either on youtube or on the podcast itself be sure to subscribe and if you have thoughts questions topics you'd like us to cover, drop us a comment, leave us a note, find us out on Instagram or on Facebook, your killer life everywhere. And um, oh, we would love a review, an honest review. So if you're enjoying what we've got going on, please do uh, give us a like, give us some comments, give us some stars, all of that good stuff as we continue this journey and sharing with you our past and our present, and maybe even some plans for the future. Thank you so much for listening. And as we reframe this journey and dedicate our lives to living our best lives now, go out and definitely continue your journey with your killer life. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to Your Killer Life. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information about what you heard on today's show, visit us at yourkillerlife.com or visit our YouTube channel. You will also find us in all the usual places on social media. We have another great episode queued up for you next week. And until then, keep building your killer life.